It's a little bit like it's it's like the guy that was in the Day Hunt and Raging Bull and Taxi Driver, like suddenly doing like a like Rocky and Bull, Bullwinkle and doing like Me the Fockers. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 sad to to sort of like you kind of think what he could have been. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take it as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus, why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. Hello comrades and you're very welcome to the football spin. Paddy McKenna, uh, Dion Fanny, Nordine Chowdhury were here on a Friday evening having watched Manchester United and Spurs play out 1-1 draw. But really, is that the story? I think you already know the answer. Of course it's not the story because if there was ever any doubt, Dion, that really and truly football is really only there to trigger Roy Keane and to make him very angry. Um, well, tonight, you know, there's the proof. Yeah. There is the proof. Roy Keane is out of lockdown, and uh, it hasn't done him. It hasn't done him any good. Uh, I, I, I like that was the strange thing. There was a lot of lot of talk on Twitter about how you know, like Roy Keane, uh, been waiting for lockdown to end, and you know, this is a man who's got a lot of you know three months worth of of opinions to get off his chest. And I was going to think, well, I don't think I don't think lockdown would actually make any difference to Roy Keane's life. You know, I don't think he's like you know, you know, he's not he's not going to be he's not down the pub, he's not uh, he's not the guy you know he's he, I I doubt you know making any Saturdays for Roy are taken up with like you know uh, you know uh, sort of luncheons in restaurants with twenty six of his closest friends like uh, walking his dog, spending time with his family. Um, lockdown, I'd say, was was quite straightforward for him. So this kind of came out of nowhere and it was kind of like uh, Roy Keane reminding us what Roy Keane does, but in in the process also kind of reminding us what Roy Keane doesn't because it was a fantastic moment in his halftime uh, assault on David Bayer, your virtual assault, which he would have, you know, would have been an actual physical assault according to Roy if he was still playing. When he said, you know, you can analyze to the cows come home uh, when he talked about like, you know, what they could be doing in this seat. And that sums up the whole Roy Keane problem in that we're just there now. He's just there now for us to glimpse this guy who is furiously angry at standards, not being at, at standards, not being matched that, you know, were there when he was a Manchester United player. Everything's seen again, like that thing. I would be swinging punches. I would be. Uh, it is there. There is never any sense with Roy Keane that you're you're listening to a manager talking. A guy who's been a guy who who played who played his final game for Manchester United fifteen uh, fifteen years ago. Fifteen years, like uh, like there 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 are like what age is Mason Greenwood? Like there are players who eighteen, there are players. Mason Greenwood was three years old when Roy Keane played his last game for Manchester United, um, and yet he still defines himself as a footballer, and that is the problem. Like that, apart from all the other stuff, apart from uh, like just becoming that kind of 
caricature of Roy Keane, he still can't move on from defining himself as a player. And that is that is a problem too, because it isn't just that he can't let go of that. It is that he his world is a is is still based on that. And his his I think his his inability to kind of become a successful manager is based on the fact that he can never let go of the ego he had as a player or the sense of pride he had as a player. Okay, listen, Dion. Before we move any further, we should hear exactly what Roy had to say at halftime, uh, swinging punches and all the rest. This is what he said: "I'm human here watching this game of football. I can't believe Manchester United. I can't believe Shaw heading the ball up in the air and then running forward. I'm, I'm, I am staggered at Maguire. Staggered that an international player can just get done like this. And I am sick to death of this goalkeeper." I would be fighting him at halftime. There is no getting away from that. I would be swinging punches at that guy. This is a standard stay for an established international goalkeeper. I am flabbergasted. There's got to be there's got to be some stuff going on at that halftime. If I was Ali, make some changes, get some lads off the pitch, lads going through the motions a little bit. Not that United have been bad, but you've got to. I've said flex your muscles. You've got to impose your personality in the game. Spurs have done okay. They've been compact and listen, they've been okay. But my United, Maguire. And they're here. I wouldn't even let them on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. (laughs) These are established international players and we're all sitting here and I know we have to analyse the game. Analyse it till the cows come home. You do your job. We're trying to get in the top four. Not winning leagues, by the way. We're just on about getting the top four. God forbid about winning trophies. Shocking. I am. I am disgusted with it. Maguire, they're here. You should hang your heads in shame. Represent Man United and letting people run past you. Get close to people. Move your feet. Nas, there's many magnificent moments in that. My favourite is the Maguire in the the strongest Cork accent known <laughs> to mankind. Um, look at, I mean, like he like he kind of like he woke, he jolted us all out of our sort of pandemic stupor. I mean, that's how I felt having watched oh, it. It was glorious. I mean, you could tell he you could tell he was frazzled before he opened his mouth. Like his hair was a mess. He, I I actually disagree with Dion. I, I like I can understand where Dion's coming from about like the lockdown didn't affect him. I think he's the kind of man who would go to Tesco and slow and slowly move backwards so he's less than two two meters away from the person behind him so he can have an argument. I think I think I think he'd take his dog for a walk on the beach and be pissed off that there's no one there so he can't complain about the crowds. I, he 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 was ready for a fight and and then the thing I love about that rant is. It's almost like three blokes in a pub that are rallying because he starts off calm, and then he and, and then he and then he sort of like he says it was awful, and then he says and and and, then I, and I'd be swinging punches, and then, and then the thing that made me laugh, he he kind of slips in a United didn't actually play that badly, but <laughs> <laughs> then he goes off onto another one, and, and 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 if like there was there's a lot to unpack, but if you just consider that that one line, I'd be swinging punches at that guy, like like yeah. like. He, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like NH, the NHS is stretched, and he would be swinging punches at the goalkeeper. <laughs> that's, the, that's what he would be doing. So also, go on, go on. I was just going to say, like, like, and, and then you've and then you've got like uh, pole faced sort of uh, commentators on on Twitter. You've got Stan Collymore saying, uh, "I just, I just want him to analyze matches. Uh, he's got too much experience and intelligence to indulge himself." 
in his glorified as a glorified pub four. No, <laughs> you don't want him sat there just analyzing the game. You want him to go. You want him to go off. Like that was the most entertaining thing of the whole day. That was amazing. That's why. That's why there's, there's been two matches today. We've not even spoken about a single minute of the game. It's all Roy Keane. But isn't that yeah? I but that's that's fine. I, like yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I agree with you on that in the sense of you know you can't. It's really, it's uh, really pompous to kind of sit here and say, um, you know, I, you know, I didn't, you know, you didn't enjoy what Roy Keane is doing because that isn't like that visceral sense, that kind of adrenaline that comes from you know, just, you know Roy's gone here. Um, but equally, it doesn't. It kind of. I think you can feel that while also kind of thinking this is a kind of this is not what Roy Keane like maybe maybe this is nothing to do with Roy Keane actually maybe this is all our expectations or are many of our expectations about Roy Keane but you know we like there are those of us who thought that Roy Keane would become something other than than uh, a guy you know kind of uh, sort of wishing he could be back in the Manchester United dressing room just so he could, he could have a fight with David De Gea. Um, uh, are kind of you know you're also entitled to feel a bit kind of disappointed that this is what he's become that he's become this because there was a time when he looked like he was going to become a manager of, um, who could actually do something he looked like he you know he when he was a player he he seemed to speak like it, it, he seemed to speak with kind of intelligence about things and he seemed to kind of t- speak with uh, insight about things and now it is like you can analyze till the cows come home I am going to rant and frame everything and i think that some of this like came down to you know before the game he had the he had his uh he just he, you know he went off on his kind of spurs are mentally weak um kind of riff which is the uh which is you know what like the lads at tottenham kind of you know uh he sort of expanded on that idea which again was a great ferguson keen sort of rallying cry whenever they Whenever they did play Spurs, and then you know he's had to look at Manchester United doing it. You know, have, having Manchester United becoming the lads, it's Manchester United, um, and that that is a problem for him. But again, I just don't think. I don't know. Like it, it is brilliant, but it's also just no. It, I, I completely I, get what you're saying. I completely get it. It's 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 in in a way it's sad. If if you look at it in that way, it's sad because it's it's a little bit like it's it's like the guy that was in. The deer hunt and raging bull and taxi driver like suddenly doing like uh like Rocky and Bullwinkle and doing like Me the Fockers. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 sad to to sort of like you kind of think what he could have been and and what an amazing sort of uh, figure in the game. And uh, I totally get that. Like, but but you, I suppose you just take it for what it is now. Yeah, but that's it, and that is the thing. And we talked like Roy Keane. We talked about this before. Roy Keane is the same age as Pep Guardiola, and yeah. yet. He he is he has positioned himself as somebody from another generation. He has kind of said everything stopped. I, I everything everything stopped in nineteen ninety nine or even before that. It's like Roy Roy, you know, because of everything that happened with Ferguson, it's like everything basically stopped in nineteen ninety three. Uh, football football stopped in nineteen ninety three. Brian Clough was the best manager I worked under. Like all this stuff, which is just. Which again, and I read Daniel Taylor. You put up you know, the piece in the Athletic yeah. about about Keane, which was very good. But he said he isn't sentimental, and I don't really agree with that. I think there is a he has a huge sentimentality about himself, which is kind of cloaked in 
uh, sort of a brutal exterior, but actually he is, he is a huge sentimentality and, and self-obsession. And it comes from things like talking about Brian Clough being the greatest man, best manager he worked under when it's not true. Like when Roy Keane worked for Brian Clough, Brian Clough was, was gone as a manager. Like the best manager Roy Keane worked under was Alex Ferguson. And up until 2002, 2003, Roy Keane would have fought anybody. He would have fought anybody the way he wanted to fight David De Gea tonight. He would have fought anybody who suggested otherwise. And what do, I've got a question for you. What do you think would make Roy Keane happy? Like, what would be happiness for Roy Keane? I don't know. I uh, would you want to, Would he want I to be the successful manager? What well, would I don't want? know. I don't know if I think. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's a that's a really. Like, I don't. I can't answer that question. Like it would be kind of uh, presumptuous to answer what that question. But I think it's it's a question that, um, like he must like does he does he ask himself I like satisfaction like satisfaction in his career in in his like he's talked a lot about wanting to be a manager again, and you know he's nowhere near that. Uh, he was you know his, his like. His, his assistant roles with Martin O'Neill haven't, you know, nobody's been particularly impressed by them. He's not, as Daniel Taylor did point out, he's not, you know, he's not on the, no clubs are looking for him. Um, so I don't know what, I don't know what, like happiness is, is a vague, uh, who knows what happiness means for any of us. But like, I think contentment in his career, is he doing what he wanted to be doing in his career right now? Um, like, is this what he wants to be doing? Uh, like becoming, becoming on a Friday night the sort of viral hit on on like you know a social social media platforms that he would insist that he despises. Like, is that is that what Roy Keane wants? Like, you know, there's plenty of us who are quite quite happy with that, but it's not what it's 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 a world he claims to despise, and yet he's uh, there. He is, you know, part of it and he's, kind of driving it. You don't have to be grinning like a Cheshire cat to be happy, though. Would we not have seen Roy Keane at his? He seemed very ha- like he seemed very content to get worked up like that at halftime in the game. What do you mean? Like Nod says, what would make him happy? I, I don't think you have to be smiling manically to be very happy. Like he's, he's, he. I think he's happy to do that. I don't think he's an. Uh, there's only any duress. Or like I didn't see it as a performance. I thought that like that's a that's a, a like I don't think you can perform. Well, if you could perform that, you're it's a Oscar worthy. But like we no, seen, I don't think it's a performance. We seen Roy. It's 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 funny. It's it's funny when when he started off because he was so calm to start off with. Is is when he started off ranting. I thought he was playing into like a Roy Keane sort of expectation. I actually thought he was in control, and I thought he was. Um, Playing up to to to, to sort of his, his persona, thinking, okay, they, they want me to be sort of like dramatic and irate about this. But as it went on, it became clear that he was actually furious. I think, so, uh, I think he he he, I I yeah, like forget the happiness thing because I think that's that's a, a kind of red herring because I don't think it's. But I think the, I think he feeds off. Uh, I think he likes. I don't think he, I don't think he dislikes being on television. I think I think he he. I think there's there's huge contradictions in him where he might say he doesn't like it or he said it for a long time, but this is who he's become. Now that's that's fine too. Like you don't have to hold like you know a lot of the time 
something Keen said about becoming a pundit and uh, can be will be used you know used against him when here he is being a pundit. But he clearly thrives on adrenaline, and the thing that he has always thrived on, and he's always got him into trouble in some degrees, is that uh, <laughs> like pursuit of adrenaline. Because um, even going back to when he was a player, when he used to do interviews, when he was. He, he he's always drawn to a bit of drama. Like, there's no question about that. He can say it was because he was wanting the best and he was setting high standards and he was doing all these things. But there was a part of him that was drawn to that. And there was a part of him in his his in, in his post-playing career or in his, during his managing career, which has been really drawn to that. And I've seen him, I've seen him, do the I, I've seen him doing these live shows where you know when he, when he did his live shows when he did his second autobiography and like we all know this about Keane like Keane is a magnetic performer he is when he's on stage uh, he 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 is funny he can deliver a line he can just take a, take an audience with him and I saw him doing one show one kind of one night at a so doing one night for his book where it was all Manchester United and Ireland fans. And that was, you know, you know, the home crowd, if you like. But I saw him doing something at a kind of, you know, sports book festival, which would be a much slightly, slightly different crowd. And again, like Keane just has people where he wants them in those settings. And he has also very charming as well. Like, totally oh, yeah, incredibly, yeah, incredibly. No, like amazingly so. And uh, and so he feeds like so that the, the adrenaline he gets from this. And I think this is what you're right, Patty. It's not and like he's not playing it it's not a caricature he is feeding off the adrenaline he gets from and maybe it pushes him further and further but he could also switch back to being the dry rye roy Keane. but it's what it's it's not that there's any it's what's missing from all that that is the thing that's slightly that is that is the problem so that when it comes to when it comes to it's not that he, he we want to see him analyzing that's the point we don't want to see him analyzing like that's the you're right now we don't want to see him analyzing because whenever he analyzes he has nothing interesting to say that, no, that, that that's that's a damning that's a damning summation yeah but it's true that's the yeah. problem that is the problem whenever he gets to the analysis it's like it's just you know uh, players need to toughen up. Don't wear snoods. You know, don't be taking selfies. Don't be on Instagram. Uh, again, a point, a worldview that seems to have been like that. It's just it's just belonging to somebody who's the sort of you know the clock stopped in then um, you know nineteen ninety three, and that's not who he should be. And that's that's what I find that's what I find disappointing about it. We can't dispute the fact, though, that 15 years after he stopped playing, like you said, for Manchester United, that tonight after Manchester United against Spurs, Roy Keane is the only thing that people are talking about because, you know, the game was fine. Uh, and I, I can ask you about the game now, if you'd like. Is uh, Naz, do you want to talk about Paul Pogba? I mean, uh, he was... I mean, today was just an example of, like, how good a player he, was, he is. Because... Uh, there were certain touches, like there was a pass and a half volley to to, to Rashford, and there was that the dribble past the Dyer to get the penalty. That would just it, it looks so easy, and and he's such when he's on when he's on it, he's like such a Rolls Royce of a player, like amazing. Like he does things no one else can do, and that's that's what makes it frustrating. But you don't know 
you don't know if this Roy, you don't know if this uh, Paul Pogba is the Paul Pogba that's committed to United and showing going to show his best, or he's thinking, right, this is a bit of a short window for me this period before before the new season. So, yeah, it was a. Uh, I mean, like like if anything, it sort of um, uh, the the whole the whole idea of sort of keeping him as a sub um by Solskjaer it seemed a little bit too sort of like canny and a bit too sort of uh cute he should have probably just played his best players yeah I think it's um well I think again it is it does sum up that kind of frustration uh people have with Pogba or the or or why people maybe put it another way why there's also so many people who are who are so devoted to Pogba because when you see him doing the things he did tonight you're like well there has to be some reason uh there has to be some external there has to be somebody getting preventing him from being this player all the time or, or it can't be him who's who's not doing this and yet there's been so many times in Manchester United when he hasn't been that player um and he's been you know in and out of matches he's been uh uninterested and like that is the problem, but tonight he made, he did make a big difference for Manchester United, um, and uh, you know he you know they could have they probably possibly could have gone and gone and won it. Obviously they had the VAR overturned the penalty, but they uh, might feel that they 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 should have won it anyway. Yeah, I mean Solskjaer talked before the game about him being a leader on the field, and he like you mentioned that he. He has looked disinterested. He did look interested in this game, at least. Um, but then again, versus some of the other players who looked um, less than interested. But I will say in, the, in in that, and again, it's it's not to kind of I'm crabbing back towards Roy Keane here, but it has been over a hundred days since Manchester United played a game in the Premier League. And like what I felt watching the game, Nas, and I don't know if you, but like the game got a lot better. And like in the last ten minutes, it was like okay, actually this is starting to look like or resemble. A Premier League game it bodes well because we're probably and this wouldn't be a huge leap of imagination but as it goes on these games will pick up pace because the first half was was slow very slow yeah I mean it's I mean I was a little bit disheartened by the by the Norwich game just because I just thought like Norwich should be sort of fighting for their lives and they just seem so pedestrian and uh it's if, if anything Southampton seemed like the, the team that was sort of like desperate to avoid uh going down but um yeah, I think I think the United game, like it, it did have a slow start, and you you can forgive that. Like, but like in the second half, and again and again, we go back to this idea of sort of whether you watched it with the artificial crowd or not. Um, as as I've made clear previously, like I, I'm I much prefer uh, no artificial sound and actually listening to people in the, in the ground because it's not completely silent. You do hear people shouting, you do hear people talking, but um, it's it's a testament to the game that it got to a point and it got the stakes were so high and it was such a a thrilling game towards the end that um like i i forgot about the fans being there or not it all became about what's going to happen and 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 i think that's that's quite exciting because that's what you want like like in terms of football like i i, I watched bundesliga i watched uh, portuguese uh, portuguese football i was watching anything because i was missing football so much but like you need to have a vested interest and there used to, there needs to be something that thrills you now, like I, I, I love, I love great football. I love beautiful football. But, but what I want is a drama, and what I want is, 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 is things mattering. And 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 in that respect, this game wasn't great. But towards the end, like anyone could have won that game. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I uh, like that that sense of of the the crowd's absence becoming less of an issue. I I felt that as well tonight watching the watching that game that 
you know, you're, you suddenly notice that with the with the penalty, um, it, it kind of jolted me back into thinking, oh yeah, there's a there isn't a crowd here because it was only at that moment, and you saw Mourinho on the sideline and all that kind of stuff that you suddenly became aware again that there isn't a crowd. But but for you know a long period before that, you've been kind of come absorbed absorbed in the game and unaware that there isn't all this, this crowd that seems to be the big issue. And I think that will become something that we just get used to, that we get used to this idea that there aren't crowds there. And that will, you know, and that won't become like it is it is an interesting thing. Like you can get used to anything and how uh, after a few weeks, it might just be well. This is what we. This is what football is for for the for in the short term, if not longer. And we just we adapt to that, and the games become exciting, and they have they have meaning, as Oz says, and they and they matter, and the and they matter, and we're able to kind of discern that meaning without needing a crowd to kind of somehow uh, interpret it for us. I think I think you made a really good point though. Is when you talked about the penalty. Because towards the end, it, and, and like the, the the commentator said it as well, like you did feel there was going to be one last chance. And if say if say United had scored in in, in what used to be called Fergie time, I think that's when you would have noticed the lack of crowd because that would be the point where there'd be limbs in the in, in the crowd, everyone would be going mad. And I think that would be the point, like you say, you'd be jolted back into real life when you kind of think the players might be going mad the sort of uh, bench might be going mad but then that's when you'd really miss the fans i think yeah maybe although maybe then you'd see the the players erupting if you had a truly meaningful moment and again you're kind of lost in it if the players are celebrating in a way i don't know but it will i even even that you will get used to after a while boys uh we will chat a little bit more about premier league and the weekend fixtures in a moment but um well staying with the weekend fixtures premier league is back tomorrow as are we tomorrow evening and Sunday evening and in fact I think every evening until next Thursday which is there's Premier League games on um, and speaking of that Joe Cole is a Premier League uh, pundit well, he's a BT pundit on the Premier League and their televised games begin tomorrow Watford versus Leicester City on BT um, and then of course Brighton versus Arsenal you can watch all 20 BT Sports Premier League games contract free with the BT Sports Monthly Pass, which is just £25 per month. Uh, myself and Dion caught up with Joe during the week, um, chatted to him remotely from his home, and uh, started off with that inevitable first question uh, in interviews at the moment. Uh, how are you getting on during the pandemic, Joe Cole? Been good, actually. I mean, like I said, you know, I think the mindset for this lockdown was, was pos- positivity, wasn't it? I mean, it's different for everyone. Um, you know, there's certainly, you know, a lot of people out there who would have been, you know, in, in, in a worse situation than me. But, you know, I spent a lot of good time with the family. Um, and, I, you know, a lot of time, the sun was shining. So, you know, listen, um, it was an experience. But let's hope we're, we're, we're on, well on the way out of it now and we can all get back to, to our, our own versions of normality. Including the football, and we'll talk about the football in a moment. But um, I, just very quickly on time spent during the pandemic, um, Marcus Rashford has been gaining an awful lot of plaudits and justly deserved for the work that he's been doing um, in highlighting the um, school dinners and and the U turn that he has uh, managed to get from the UK government. Just your thoughts on 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 what he's been doing um, for that campaign? Uh, that's that's a a beautiful thing. 
Marcus has done there. Um, you know, if anything, you know, this 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 pandemic shown us is there's this so much empathy and and love. And when we come together, we can do you know great things. So from Mark, from my perspective, Marcus, what he's done is, you know, it, it's a great, a great, um, obviously a great cause, um, and it's close to his heart. But you can really sense when you hear him speak that he meant it. Do you know what I mean? He was like. He, he really, you know, he'd lived, he, I don't know his past, he'd, he'd lived that lived that life or whether he'd, he'd seen it in and around where he's from. And footballers are generally, we're all from the same sort, sorts of areas, you know. Um, I had free school dinners at one point um, in my life. So, you know, I know, listen, I just, so, I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm proud of him as an Englishman, as an English player and as a footballer in my industry can do something like that and make a change like that. So, you know, you know, real props to Marcus. I'll be patting him on the back when I see him. And Joe, you were involved in fundraising for PPE at the start of the pandemic yeah. as well, weren't you? Yeah, we did. I mean, this, that seems like, well, that seems like years ago now. I mean, you know, it was um, me and my wife, um, we got together with friends and we, we, we managed to raise over a million pounds to, to get PPE immediately to frontline. And that was like, that was intense. That was phone calls, 10 hours a day, um, lots of media. Um, but mainly it's, my wife was brilliant with that. She was, you know, pushing that through and, you know, get, you know, trying to organize things for the best of the time for myself is I find quite tough, but she's really good at it. And she was on the phone constantly. And, you know, we, like I said, it really helped in that, in that time. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was that was that was intense. So, um, but it's something, something really proud to be a part of, really. And like I said, I, I really felt the the whole world sort of coming together at that point. It was great. And um, as we go back to the football now, like how difficult do you think it is going to be for footballers to get back into things quickly, which they're going to have to do? You're in the same boat, I think. Um, from watching the German league, um, which is three three weeks down, I think it's it started. To, the pace has picked up quite rapidly. The first games were a little bit, you know, like a, sort of a like a bo- like equivalent of a boxing match. The first round where nobody wants to gas and everyone wants to get behind the jab and see what the other person's doing, and you know they they, they don't really explode into life. But um, I feel I felt like the players were doing that. So um, you know, I, I, but. As a Premier League, we've seen the German League now, and you know if you can hit the ground running and, and win two, two or three games in a row, wherever you are in the league, you're 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 nearly where your goals are. You know, if you're in the relegation zone, you string three wins together in the first ten days. That's that's going a long way to keeping you up. So, I mean, it's it's really hard question to answer because we don't know. I just said uh, previously, I think the manager's role within this is always pivotal but I think now how you coach the team to come back from this is going to be vital so the experienced guys managers in this in this in this situation are going to be massively important and talk about it, that relegation battle because it is uh, this weekend it's going to really you know hot up Watford Leicester City uh, Brighton have Arsenal uh, at the uh, at the Amex um, like those games like in empty stadiums, like what difference is it going to make? Do you think in 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 a relegation battle that you're not 
been kind of, you know, there isn't that sort of crowd noise and, and crowd support to kind of drive you on. Yeah, I mean, I, there was a study done I looked at and, and um, home teams win less behind closed doors for obvious reasons. You know, you don't have the, uh, you don't have the, um, the fans getting on the ref and the ref making emotional decisions. Everything's a bit, everything could be clinical. So I think there'll be less, more, less teams that shouldn't win games, winning games, uh, if that makes sense. So the, if you've got a better team and better players, that you've taken a lot of the factors out. Um, so I think, you know, for instance, if, if Man City was to play Brighton at Brighton, I think Man City would have more chance of winning, for instance, because they'll have the better team. You know, Brighton won't get lifted by their home fans and play 10, 20% better than what they, what they can. So um, there'll be less surprises, I think, in terms of the results. I might be wrong. Like I said, I'm, I'm like you guys. I'm, this is all new for me. But um, I think it, it less home teams will win less. Joe, um, you were with West Ham in 2003 when West Ham were relegated. Um, and obviously the club changed massively after that with so many, your own departure and so many others that left the club at that time. I'm just interested in, what, because West Ham are right in the mix as well and I, a lot of eyes will be on the relegation battle because it's probably a top versus bottom. It's the more interesting because there's just so many clubs yeah. that are in the mix. Your thoughts on West Ham at this time because, you know. Yeah. It's precarious for about six or seven clubs down there at the moment. Um it will go down to the last day. That we know that that happens most years. Uh, West Ham, West Ham. Again, I think most teams have got a full, fully fit squad now. You know, all them players who had little niggles who were, were coming back are back. They're ready. Um, David, what I would say is David started started well when he first came into West Ham the first time, and started well the second time when he came in. I think he gets an impact. He's very good. At, doing things well very quickly. Um, so I think, like I said, if West Ham can string two or three wins together, you're more, you're more or less planning for next season in the Premier League. I think it's going to be that tight. Um, so I think they'll be fine. I really do. Uh, but you can make a case for any team down there. I think it's going to be so tight going into the, to the last week. And to the, the, the top four battle, Joe, like how impressed uh, have you been by Frank Lampard? Maybe you could talk a little bit about what qualities he brings to as a manager and what you would have seen as an as a player that gave you an indication that he would succeed oh, as a manager everything everything frank done from player to manager it just it just smells of winning um he's just um you know i was just just watching that michael jordan documentary i'm sure you guys would have watched that so many parallels with frank like how he just goes about his business and just Improves, 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 and it's, and I don't see any other trajectory other than he'll become a top top manager um, because of his personality and what he brings. Um, I can see Chelsea holding on to that Champions League spot uh, quite comfortably. I think Man United will make a play. Uh, um, I think Paul Pogba's coming back is massively for them, and I'm looking forward to looking at him and uh, Bruno Fernandez play together. I think as well with Pogba now. I think unfair criticism from a lot of parts uh, of the media. I think he's a great player. I think you pick him up and put him in any of the Man United uh, squads over the last 20 years, he'd make an impact. I think he's a fantastic player. So 
um, him coming back is going to be massive for Man United. What did you make of the last uh, It's funny you bring it up because you played as a very successful Chelsea's yeah. team. Like, were you fascinated by the dynamics? Were there similarities in the dynamics between you the two? I've come late to the party. I've only just started watching it. But right. I'm hooked. I could have stayed. That's why I'm a bit hoarse because I stayed up too late watching it last <laughs> night. Not, you know, our times have changed. Like, late nights for me 10 years ago might have been a bit of a different thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I loved it. And like you said, the dynamics, the dynamics of a winner is always fascinating. It fascinates everyone. So, but um, yeah, well into it. I'm well into it. Uh, but I've got a good homeschooling now, so I can't crack on until the kids go to bed. So. It's tough to juggle everything, isn't it? And yeah. final, finally, the uh, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, not often being introduced to Liverpool first. Like, there's, yeah. no, the, the, there's no way the title is anything but a formality, is there? Oh, Liverpool. I, I, I've been saying to this. It's been funny. I've been saying it since like just before Christmas. It's done. They, 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 they're too good. They're too far ahead. There's no one to challenge for them. Um, credit to the club. Credit to Jurgen Klopp. I mean, you can't not love Jurgen Klopp, can you? He's just a great character. Um, the players there, like you said, you know, not just the 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 the. the the goal scorer, but you Jordan Henderson, who's been unbelievable. Um, just, just you know, and, and the fans have waited long enough, haven't they? Um, for, the, for this title, the one that they wanted all along. So, you know, it's a shame they can't celebrate it, but you know, that this, this, just know that it's just know that it's been a, such a long time, and, and the club of you know, this is a great club, there's no doubt about that. And you know, just like I said. It's just up to the other clubs to try and catch up on them. They're they're they're, they're so good. They're unbelievably good. I mean, it is premature to compare them to some of the great great sides of the Premier League yet because they've they've been already have won one so far. But what a team! What a what a group of players! Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. We'll leave you off to the um, to the homeschooling. Um, I hope uh, you're not getting too bogged down in math, whatever is the the trickiest to do. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and Joe, of course, is a pundit on BT, and then you'll see him throughout the the run-in, plenty of games on BT Sport. Thanks, Joe. Cheers, Have a nice day. BT pundit there, Joe Cole, talking to myself and Dion. Um, uh, Dion, really interesting the comparison between Frank Lampard and Michael Jordan there. Yeah, I I wonder is there any any um, successful uh, sports person who isn't going to watch. Last dance and think that reminds me of my career or somebody I I played with. I also um I did feel that you know Joe I, he did say you know he hasn't watched all of the last dance and I kind of I know his feelings. I I kept away from a lot of stuff while I was watching it because I was a bit behind lots of people and I would see the occasional tweet talking about Michael Jordan and what a what a terrible man he appeared to be and I was like what are you talking about? He seems fine. And then, you know, because I was, I was sort of about three or four episodes behind everyone else. And, and then as the series unfolded, you're like, okay, you know, he's a, he's a bit self-serving. He's a bit, uh, <laughs> it seem to be all about Michael Jordan. So Joe Cole at the start of the series may see similarities with Frank Lampard, but maybe as he, as he goes on through the series, you might be wondering if those similarities are, are as apt. 
Uh, one of the games of the weekend is, of course, the Merseyside Derby. Everton taking on Liverpool at Goodison Park. Not as much on the line as we'd hoped for, but um, that's probably good news for Everton, who won't have to um, see Liverpool win the title at Goodison Park, uh, given their absolutely terrible record against Liverpool at Goodison Park over the last 20 or so years. Um, but Richarlison, uh, Everton's mercurial centre-forward, has been in fighting form, Naz. Um, talking about Virgil van Dijk, um, insisting that there are better defenders in the world. He's named them as well, three of them he's named, Thiago Silva, Marquinhos and uh, Sergio Ramos, uh, which if, it does feel like a gigantic hostage to fortune. And it's interesting, Richarlison told this, gave this quote to Desimpedidos, which um, is a Brazilian chacho. I don't know if you've seen the chacho itself, Naz. It's a man wearing a white mask with sunglasses on and a like a kind of a beanie hat. Looks pretty trippy. Um, and Richarlison's been doing a lot of these Instagram lives as well. Uh, I do follow Richarlison on Instagram. He's he's an interesting guy. But what did you make of um, his comments about Van Dyke? I mean, I mean, I mean. On one hand, it's it's sort of it's it's good. Like he's a young player, he's a confident player. He wants to show that he's uh, wants to be bullish before the derby. But um, you talk about sort of the last dance and and the imperious uh, aspect of uh, Michael Jordan, like this this godlike figure that no one felt they could sort of get an ear and. Really, I don't think I don't think Rick Allison realizes what a compliment he's paying to Van Dyke as being this imperious figure. Because one of the one of the one of the quotes I've seen that he when he's referring to Van Dyke, he, he's almost he's almost saying like he's not that good. I've dribbled past him. Now, what what, what he, like like if we just if we just think about that for a moment, he's not saying he scored against him. He's not saying that he 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 always has him on toast. He's bragging about the fact that he has dribbled past him once. People now, talk people talk a lot about him. Yes, he is a great defender, but I've already dribbled past him. It's it's like it's like mad. It's it's like it's like saying about Michael Jordan that you that you that you touched the ball once just when he was going past you like it's it's nothing to it's nothing to brag about and that is not the that is not the metric that you want to use if you're sort of trying to like suggest that there's a weakness to him yeah it's you know again it's like winning the second half if you if 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 he comes off the pitch on uh on sunday having ever i mean lost four nil but he did actually dribble past <laughs> van dyke I, he missed he did miss a trick though by not listing uh dejan lovren as one of the top defenders, you know, like, uh, you know, confirming Lovren's own opinion of himself as one of the five best defenders. It's like, actually, there's another guy at that club. There's another guy at that club when you talk about the top defenders. I've never dribbled, I've never dribbled past days in Lovren. Can, can, can I just bring something up that, 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 that the last dance just reminded me of? Is what do you think about the drinks breaks? Because that's a little bit like basketball, but, but I thought it, it, it changed the momentum of the game in, in some ways. Yeah, it does. It's a, it's um, yeah, it's a different thing, isn't it? It's uh, uh, I like you know they clearly they've decided they're necessary, but it's um, it does. Uh, it's going to be. It's it is a funny thing when you watch the last dance. That sense of you know timeouts being used all the time, and there is perhaps this is going to be something now with the drinks breaks that uh, is incorporated in, into into football. But it, but it, it does seem as if the managers are using it exactly like that. I mean, it's not as if the, it's not as if the drinks are coming onto the pitch. Like they are going off the side, and the manager is coaching them and, and sort of giving them information. So it's, I find it very interesting because both both those those uh, drinks breaks that are gonna uh, that are gonna have little mini team talks, and also the number of substitutes. I think 
I think it's going to be interesting to see which managers best adapt to that because those are huge changes when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Phil Jackson would have something to say about that, no doubt, Naz. Um, you know, the great uh, Chicago Bulls uh, tactician. I um, thought you'd, uh, when you said, when you said, when you said, I thought you were going to say Phil Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Giving his team talk on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Phil, Phil Brown. Ah, oh, look at, I mean, gone but not forgotten. That's, that's how I feel about Phil Brown. What's happened to him? I mean, not not gone. No, he's gone, gone from the game. Yeah, no, Phil Brown. He's he's he is alive. Just looking, he's actually he's still in the game, so he isn't even gone, Paddy. He's uh, he's at Hyderabad. He's managing out in in in, uh, in Hyderabad. So uh, you know, let's hope he makes it back. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, to the top level of the game. With no, no disrespect to Hyderabad. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to say that, you know, like, I'm, oh my God, I'm disrespecting, I'm disrespecting Hyderabad, you know, they're not at the top level of the game. Um, yeah, the uh, the Indian Super League, um, yeah. where um, if if I'm not mistaken, Robbie Keane had a very uh, glorious uh, little footnote on his career, Dion, we'll remember him banging in the goals in the Indian Super League. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't take much notice of Robbie Keane's career at that stage, but uh, um, yeah, he did, he did indeed. This is getting very, yeah, uh, this is getting very Dostoevsky in the office now at this stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're just bragging like two Wikipedia pages. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's as good a place as any to, to finish off, lads. Um, it's Friday night, and uh, Roy Keane. Is, uh, has announced his arrival back into uh, punditry in the Premier League. Uh, look, I'll leave you go, and uh, we'll be back again tomorrow evening, Saturday night, with more football spin. Uh, if you haven't already done so, click subscribe wherever you are listening to get these shows directly into your feed. Um, and we will say good night. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation tomorrow, bro. It's people's lives are at risk. Ollie Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that. Politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, I have a bad shape. 